0: Hello and welcome back to the Panathinaikos International Fans Podcast. It's your American crew here with just the two of us this time. It's Andoni and Alex. Alex, how are you feeling today, dude? Pame. That's go. right. That's right, You're huh? What what a win, huh? Good stuff. What a win, man! What a win. We're you know we're recording this mere hours after uh, Panathinaikos uh, advanced in the cup. Um, we've, got a, we've got a lot to talk about, mainly FC-related today. Um, but, you know, before we get into today's match, um, Alex and I are going to cover um, a little bit of the game from uh, this past Saturday where we played La Mia. That game was a 2-2 draw, a um, little bit of, a, of mixed feelings there uh, amongst the fan base, especially after what we saw in the first leg against Pauk. Um Alex, I know you caught that game that two-two against Lamia. How did you see the game? How did you see kind of how we went about it? What are your your main takeaways from the game?
1: It was obviously a weird one because it was a really unconventional game in the sense that obviously they had the red in about the fortieth minute, um, something that you don't expect. Uh, we had a couple of injuries in the first half, 13th and 23rd minute, obviously not something you expect either. So, you know, unconventional game, not, didn't go by the playbook for either team. Um, so it, it was a weird one. Um, but overall, we, it was a letdown, you know, not just, not just the, um the, the result, but I think the performance in general, uh, the first half wasn't that bad. Uh, we, you know, I think we controlled the game in the first half. We did go down, but I wasn't super disappointed with the second half. It was more so, uh, sorry. I wasn't disappointed with the first half that much. It was more so the second half that disappointed me. And, you know, I could get a little more into that, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let me hear what you have to say also.
0: Yeah. I kind of echo the same things that you're, that you're mentioning, Alex. Um, the result was definitely a letdown, um, I mean, I kind of, I kind of, probably had the same mentality that that Terim might have had going into it. I'm not gonna lie, where I thought, you know, we just came off that big performance against and Tumba. we're playing at home. I thought we were gonna get the win against Lamia, and um, you know, in ways it looks like we kind of underestimated them a little bit. Um, I agree. First half was, um, you know. Not as bad, I would say. I guess as the as the second half was, because the second half you kind of expect a little more intensity. In some ways, we did see some of that intensity, uh, but in other ways, we kind of lacked again those defensive lapses. Um, one thing that kind of you know stood out to me was we we copped that first goal. I mean, you know, I don't I, maybe it was Mladenovic. Somebody was ball watching, and Carlitos just goes through. Do you remember who it was that was ball watching?
1: Well, I think it was a, I think it was a couple of players. The way I remember it is we lost the ball on on our right side. Uh, okay. it was uh, I think Akkaide, who lost the ball originally, or maybe it was Koitas because it was on the right side. Anyway, someone lost the ball on the right side, and then Carlitos took it and he kind of just slalomed through a couple defenders. And it was kind of just a comedy of errors, nothing like too egregious. but there were very a lot of lazy tackles. Like, if you watch the replay, at least two of our defenders were just, like, kind of lunging in, lazy tackles. A um, couple guys just, like, like you said, ball-watching. I don't remember specifically who, but at least one or two guys. All in all, Carlitos took it and went by, like, four or five guys, which the guy's almost 35 years old. Like, I know he's in good form. He's still got it. So I'm not saying, you know – I'm not bashing him. I'm bashing our defense in the sense that, like, this is not a guy who should be weaving and skipping through our defense four or five guys. Like, that's just unacceptable. So, I don't even point fingers at one person. Yeah, maybe someone is more to blame than the others in the defense. But, like, he really just kind of showed up all our defense. So, uh, I don't know. It was just lazy, lazy defending, bad defending. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I remember him just, like you said, he just slalom through the defense and I, you know, it was one of those moments where you think, okay, you know, one of these, one of these guys is going to get the ball like that, you know, you don't feel threatened by it. And next thing you know, you see the ball roll in the far post in the back of the net and you're like, Oh, he actually got that
1: off. And He did everything right with the finish too. Like, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but you know, he, he very smart finish in the sense that it wasn't a strong shot, but he hit it across the goalie's body uh, right. you know, makes it really difficult for the goalie to save goal is going one way, the ball is going the other way. So, you know, you got to give credit to to Carlitos. I'm not taking anything away from him, but you know, like I said, he, he can't be going through four or five of our guys. Right. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, no, you're good. No, exactly. Like his finish was incredible. Like it shouldn't like to your point, cause I kind of get what you're saying. It shouldn't have even gotten to that point. You know, somebody exactly. should have stuck a foot out and just, and that should have been it. You know, I, I, I'm Carlitos. We know him. He played for us a couple years ago talented player can dribble the ball, but I mean, with that many bodies in the box, somebody should have, you know, set foot. Um, So that was, that was disappointing. Um, I I liked our reaction though. I mean, we almost immediately scored the equalizer. Yeah. Um, I guess in ways it kind of shows where the team is at uh, mentality wise, Um, you know, we'll kind of get into it a little bit later as well, where they'll react or they'll respond till the very end. Uh, and so, you know, we we got that goal. We 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 made it 1-1. And that's where we kind of came out into the second half. And we were a little more intense starting off. I think it was like, what, the first 20 minutes or so? We're piling on pressure, piling on pressure. But we just were not able to crack the nut. We're not able to get past it and get that ball behind the line. Uh, and then as we saw, it was, I think they made it 2-1 again, right? Or did we make it 2-1 and then they tied it?
1: We made it two one with a Yer-may-f, uh first time shot from uh, vianidis That was, I think, right. probably in this like around sixtieth or sixty fifth minute, maybe something like that. Right, right. Um, and then they tied it, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I I see the problems I have with the second half is. So, I'm and I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say, but I'm not. I'm going to I'm going to point a finger at Tareem and I'm not anti Tareem all of a sudden I'm just I just think we we need to you know call out what we see or at least what I see so I think we came out and our attack was very predictable and it was immediately obvious we were playing heavily on the wings that which is not something dissimilar to Tareem ball but it was like to the extreme and obviously we had the majority of possession and all this but it was very heavy on the wings to the point where uh, the commentator on my feed said it within two minutes of the start half uh, of the, of the, sorry, of the half starting in the 47th minute, he already pointed it out. And he was absolutely right because the whole half played out like that crossing, crossing, crossing. And it was obvious that in my eyes, that was the game plan and there was nothing else. And of course there's the argument that, okay, La Mia is with 10 men. They're going to sit back and all this, but that's that's fine to a certain extent but also like how how far can you take that excuse like because you know they're going to sit back like they were they were from 10 men before the half so then you go into the half and you have time to talk tactics adjust if you need to this and that and then you come out and your seemingly your only game plan is just cross heavy right that to me is not good enough that to me is a game plan that underestimates La Mia, thinks we could just get by just by basically filling the box with crosses, which might work against some opponents, but again, La Mia is sixth in the standings. Like you're not gonna treat La Mia the way you're gonna treat Kificia or, you know, whatever Yanena. So having this again, I don't know the game plan, but I'm just talking about what I saw. And what I saw was this just very basic straightforward attack of crossing and that makes it really easy for the for the opponent to to figure it out right i i know I've, I've talked a lot already but i went back and watched the second half of the game um just to confirm or not confirm some some things that i noticed and i gotta give credit to lamia why because the, i think they caught on to this game plan pretty quickly if you go back and watch the second half you'll notice that Every time we bring the ball to the wing, they are attacking our ball holder on the wing, say uh, if it's Mancini on the right or Palacios. They're attacking that guy with two men. So they're they're always going going about it to have a either an equal amount of numbers, 2v2 on the wing, or even a 3v2 in some instances. That to me says that they've understood the game plan 100%. They're attacking the wings and they're trying to close down the crosses before they even happen. I noticed in real time that a lot of the crosses – weren't even getting in process would deflect off of the first player jumping in, in some instances, the, the wing player, our wing player didn't even have an alley to cross. And he would turn back and recycle the ball to the the top of the box where like Ruben would be. And then they would recycle it to the left side. And then this would keep going on basically like pick a side, left, right, left, right. So, which is, which is not uncommon. You do see that, but it was happening over and over and over and over again to the point. It's like, this is, this is becoming very obvious that, the the opponent is doing something very right in the sense that they are well disciplined in the sense that they could stop many of the crosses coming in before they come in. Um, so I gotta give I gotta give credit to La Mia because of what I said, but the credit only goes so far because if you're gonna make it easy for the opponent by this one very one dimensional attack, then yeah, they all they need is you know vocalist. I guess hats off to him if he realizes. Listen, they're only attacking. From the wings and only crossing then all you need to do is tell your players 2v2 3v2 on them on the wing and then it makes our job very difficult right that was a, that was a spiel
0: <laughs> no no i mean i'm like i'm visualizing everything that you were talking about and it's true because <clears throat> the thing is it wasn't even just with la mia like you're, you're mentioning this and i'm thinking back to pre first leg against pauk and we saw a lot of similar things against other opponents where we were just heavily relying on crosses. I mean, me and you have talked about it in the chat before as well, where we rely on these crosses and it makes our attack very one dimensional. and We get caught out a lot. Opponents know we're going to press and we're going to cross. We're going to press and we're going to cross. And to me, that La Mia game is just confusing because we didn't see that against Pauk in the first leg. We we saw you know we saw us with a fluid buildup, especially on that on, on our only goal in that game against Bauk. It was from Józowski up to uh, Bakasetas, who passed it out to the wing, and we were bouncing the ball quickly, 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 and got ourselves into the box, and had a direct shot where Sporad finished that that attempt from Bernard. So it's like we saw that direct play. And it worked so well. And it's like, why revert back against La Mia? My my only understanding is maybe Tareem was thinking that, you know, all right, it's La Mia. We can kind of take it a little bit differently. We can go with a more simple approach and not play direct. I just don't understand where, you know, he's a coach who makes adjustments all the time. He didn't really adjust against La Mia. It was kind of like throw guys on and just keep with the same game plan again and again. And he he put on
1: Jerry Yaremeyev at the half, so sure yeah. we could credit him for that. But it's not just about changing personnel or whatnot. Like right. that helps. Like obviously Yermaev at the half was a right move. You go with a two striker approach, and you know if you're gonna go playing this crossing ball, then yeah, Yermaev is is your target man more so than you know Spor, I guess. But he kept both of them on, so I don't I don't disagree with that, and I wouldn't I wouldn't bash him on that. That was the right move, but tactically I didn't see anything that that told me there was any game plan other than we're just going to attack them via crossing and there's nothing else. Um, right. Like like I said, to the point where like there were too many times where I noticed the wing players being unable to cross the ball because Lamia was just doing a good job with attacking them on the wing and cutting down the crosses before they even came in. So, mm-hmm. again, it, it, was just, it was just so obvious. Let me throw some stats at you. Even when we were able to get the crosses in, they were pretty, uh, pretty ineffective. We had 42 crosses just in the second half. There's 45 minutes and a half. That's a, almost a cross per minute. If you throw in corners on top of that, we had 11 corners. That's 53 crosses and corners just in the second half. That is more than a cross or a corner per minute. And of course, those numbers are going to be inflated because we had 10 men and we had like 80% of the possession in the second half. So I'm not I'm not saying the numbers are not going to be higher than average in terms of crossing. But that, in my opinion, is still a ridiculous number. Having more than a cross per minute, cross slash corner per minute is insane. And by the way, out of the, just the crosses, I said 42 crosses, nine of them were accurate. So you have Sporar, you have yermay have two target men yermay has got to be like 65 and yeah. you know i'm not saying you know we need 50% cross success rate because that's obviously unrealistic but you know if if you have all this possession and you're focusing heavily on the crosses and like this is your only game plan i do get a feeling it's got to be a little better than that and in practice it didn't it didn't it didn't come to anything by the way the Vayanidis pass to uh to uh, Yeremia for the goal doesn't even count as a cross. Mm. So it it can't even, can't even, and that's not, that's that's undebatable because I'm looking at by any of these stats. He had, I think zero out of one successful crosses is why that tells me that that doesn't count as a cross. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's trivial. Some people would count as a cross, some people wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that or not, but traditional crosses, meaning coming from outside of the box into the box, we were very poor on and we were just abusing it and, it just didn't work and there was no plan B and it felt very, I don't know, Yova ish in the sense of like not, not really adjusting. One, another thing I didn't like is that I listened to the Tareem press conference after that. And he, he really talked about the injuries that we had in the first half, which we could also talk about a little bit. And he wasn't complaining about them. He he just kept harping on the point that like, you know, that's that's stuff you don't plan for, which mm-hmm. I completely agree with. Like, yes, that's not stuff that you plan for, but at the same time, you had halftime to at least try to fix things up. It's neither an excuse to lose two players. You don't plan for it. You don't want. You don't want that to happen. But it's not like it happened after the second half, and then you were kind of in no man's land. It happened before the before halftime. So if you needed to make necessary adjustments and whatnot, you could have. So I, I, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't know how much emphasis I want to put on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it. I mean, yeah, it, it goes without saying. The injuries especially, I mean, have just been ridiculous. I mean, we were kind of suffering with that with, with Yova, but it's like ever since Terine came in, it was just like the dials just turned up all the way. and we. It's almost like a a like a dead horse that we've beaten so much in our chat where literally it's like every day I open up the app and it's like so-and-so's injured, Ruben's out, Chetting's injured. Charing without that game. Yeah, and it, it's like... I don't understand what's going on on that front. You know, I don't want to point fingers or anything, but it's like, you know, the other teams, I mean, Balk and all these other teams, they've been playing multiple games like we have. It's not like they've been playing, you know, once a week. And they haven't suffered nearly the injuries we have. So it's like, we we can't really blame schedule. Um, it's just, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the training regimens. Maybe it's the the workouts. I don't know what it is, but that's like his whole other separate issue that we're kind of dealing with this this season while the others aren't even having to deal with it. So we've caught some type of injury bug and I hope that it passes through. We've talked
1: about the training staff. Like, I don't know, at some point you got to start questioning the training staff and we're not going to talk about it much again because we've already covered it. But I also, right. I also don't, I do think the left photos pitch is pretty, pretty poor. I think without having definite stats behind me to say this, I think, off the top of my memory, m- the majority of our injuries do happen at home rather than away. I'm thinking back even to the two ACLs that we've had, Aitor and uh, Magnuson, both at home. Okay, freak accidents. I'm not saying they are 100% because of the home pitch, but again, co- I don't think coincidences are random for the most part. Patterns mean something. Uh, and it does seem just based off of memory that, you know, I would say maybe two out of every three injuries we have or actually at home rather than away. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I wonder if someone, someone actually knows something about the low photos pitch, because it just doesn't really seem good. Players are often slipping. I'm not talking about today because it was raining today, um, yeah. but you know, on a normal day players are slipping, losing their footing, you know, obviously two ACLs on the pitch. It just, something doesn't feel like it's a high quality pitch. We've also had problems with it in the past. Like they've like changed the grass in Leo photos. Like, twice in the past like three or four years like that to me doesn't say like oh that's a that's a healthy good pitch
0: yeah yeah I mean it's such an old stadium and I mean you know I love the stadium but it, it, it's age is showing I mean it's it's what it's a hundred years old at this point it's like you know today Mancini was going for a cross and I'm looking and there's like overgrown grass right like where the corner flag is supposed to be and I'm looking, and there's like weeds growing and stuff. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, man, like, ugh, that's just like that doesn't. It looks like uh, my local park down the street. And I'm like, this is supposed to be a professional pitch. It's like, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, that probably does have something to do with it, where these guys are slipping and getting injured. The you know the the pit, the pitch seems flat, but there's a lot of spots where you'll see you know pieces come up when they slip and they fall. And it's like we don't see this when we go and we play at Oaxaca or we play at Tumba or wherever.
1: So, yeah, like, that, that, like you that,
0: like you said, if other teams
1: aren't having this problem to the same extent, then you got to start asking why. What's the difference between us and them? Well, there's the pitch, there's the training staff, there's the coach maybe, like again, I'm not blaming Tareem or anything. I'm just saying like yeah. just look at the differences between us and them and then, you know, at least we can make a somewhat informed decision or opinion on what what is leading to all these
0: injuries. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think that's something to think about um, you know, and kind of you know, ponder on a little bit that, again, that La Mia game was a little bit of a, of a disappointing result. Um, you know, a lot of different factors there. We got that 2-2. Um, we hit the post at the end. Uh, and then we had a shot cleared off the line as well, like a moment after that. Um, you know, unfortunate. It shouldn't have to come down to that in the first place anyway. Um, you know, hats off to La Mia. They are a good team. They had a good plan against us. They, they're well
1: drilled, you know, they're well drilled. Yeah. i don't I don't you know, they have vocalists who one of the Nigel fans know well, you know they 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 you know it's it's it was it deserved, was it not? It depends how you look at it. but I think they did exactly what they wanted to do after re-watching the second half. it was pretty obvious to me that like they had realized the game plan and their game their you know they were obviously playing for the draw. i'm not I'm not saying they were not playing for the draw. they were definitely playing for the draw and in their situation that was a good result but after watching the second half again it was obvious to me that they they figured out the game plan and this was what they wanted to execute and they were well disciplined well drilled and they got it done that's why I got to give credit to them but also point fingers to us on the inside because you know we kind of made it easy for them yeah what else can I say
0: Yeah, and it's games like these where you kind of look back at at the end of the season, let's say if you missed the title by a point or two, and you're like, these are the games that you have to win. You know, again, La Mia, or they're like a top six side, top seven side. They're they're six. They're six. So you're going to play them again in the playoffs, and you bring up a great point
1: because you're going to have to play them twice in the playoffs, and nothing less than six points is acceptable. Who was the only team that dropped points to the six-side in the playoffs last year it was us, was us at home to Volos yeah yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna win the league like that so if something like that happens again if you don't get six points off of me in the playoffs you're not gonna win the league I'll I'll I'll. yeah you know not a betting man but I would I would bet pretty well because every other team for the most part is gonna
0: take six points off of them Nick and I talked me, me and Nick have talked about this for years and I mentioned this uh before Yova was sacked you know there was a lot of complaints about us winning derbies or not winning derbies not getting points there the thing is with yova that kind of transformed our team a little bit is these teams that we were supposed to be beating we were beating um especially that first season um where we won the cup and then you know this season eventually started to kind of you know his team started to run out a little bit when we weren't getting those wins against the the derbies that we were supposed to be getting but You know, we're not going to win titles if we're not beating Boros. We're not beating La Mia. We know on any given day anything can happen in a derby. But those must-win gimmies that you have to win, you have to take it. And has suffered with this for many, many years. I mean, I'm thinking back all the way back to, like, 2012, 2013, where we'd lose against Panionios, we'd we'd lose against Atromitos, and, you know, we go and we beat Bauk and we beat Ike and we beat Olympiacos. And it's like, okay, tough luck. You know, you beat those are one-off games. You need to, week in, week out, beat the, quote-unquote, you know, inferior opponent on the pitch. And, you know, when you're not doing that, when you fail to do that, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And like you said, with Volos last year, we, we weren't able to get the win against Volos and it cost us. It bit us. And we... Ended up dropping it against the uh, second last game. I think it was against Olympiakos and we were officially eliminated. Like that, shit- that <laughs> and Volos were the were the reasons we 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 botched
1: it. Fifty percent because of the Volus result at home, and fifty percent because of the olympiakos result. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's my, my point
1: is, I'm I'm happy to forget about Sunday. I think what we're doing is good. That's why I rewatched the second half. I wanted to see what went wrong because to not beat a team with ten men for forty five minutes is unacceptable. You see the next day Ike did it Ike did it against whoever uh well, who was it? Kifisia who who were they playing Yeah Kifia had a, Okay they Kifisia had 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 uh 10 men for basically the whole game but Ike did what they were supposed to do they got the job done like there's no excuses when the other team has 10 men Um so that's why I'm saying it's I'm fine to forget about it what happened last weekend it's fine it's not the end of the world at the end of the day we're only 1 point off the top so right. Again, nothing is lost. It's not the end of the world. But you're gonna have to fix these things for the playoffs because nothing less than six points is acceptable versus La Mia. And there's no there's no excuses in the playoffs. Oh, La Mia was sitting back. No. Like but, no. Exactly. You 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 know they're gonna sit back. Whatever. They they may or not, they may, you just should expect that they're gonna sit back because they're afraid. They're a smaller team, they're still a good team, but there's no excuses in the playoffs. So you, yeah. that that's why that's why I can't wrap my head around the the you know they sat back for 45 minutes like okay what happens when this happens in the playoff we're going to be crying that they sat back no you're going to be crying that you dropped two points
0: this is the thing is this is the greek league you're going to come up against teams that like to sit back a lot and play low blocks 80
1: percent of the teams are going to sit back anybody outside of the top four and adis is going to sit back like they're smaller teams are for the most part not well drilled like like you nailed it exactly like that's not an excuse in this league because it just happens too much
0: yeah exactly you're playing against low blocks we've seen it time and time again you all these other teams they like to play these low blocks they like to play tough that you're gonna have to find a solution ike are finding solutions Paul are finding same solution. same, same thing with a
1: physical excuse same thing with a physical excuse like oh they were they were beating us up like again like half the teams in the greek league are going to beat you up like half of them don't know how to play proper football like you these are things that you can expect i'm not saying it's easy to get past it but it's the job of a good coach and a big team to solve these problems big teams don't complain that like oh they were beating us up like yeah i i again i maybe maybe i'm being too too blunt too brutal but like you know, I, I I just if you have high expectations for your team, I don't I can't I can't get around the oh, they were playing very physical. Like, yes, it's frustrating and it interrupts you. And that's the whole point. Like, I, I get that. But that's just not an excuse. Not in this league where most of the most of the small teams are going to are going to be doing that.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like. I, I just think about, you know, for example, I, I keep going back to that first leg against fouled where we played so well, and then that just sudden regression against La Mia. And it's like, you you see stuff like that, and, and it's it's frustrating, and can be a little bit concerning. And, you know, I'm not trying to harp on the negative either. I'm a huge fan of, of Tareem. I like Tarim. But, like, to your point, the expectation has been set. For me, I've said it. The expectation was set. As soon as Jovanovic got fired, it's win or bust. And it's like, you know, if you if you put in performances like that against Lamia, you're not gonna win. And you're rightfully gonna get criticized because that game, we we can say physical, we can say blow, low block, we can say all these excuses that we want. All the players aren't smart, whatever. Tareem kept going with the same tactic again and again and again, like we, we alluded to a few moments earlier. That's stuff where it kind of frustrates me and concerns me a little bit because it's like come come playoff time. We know that he does adjust. But it's like having a stubborn game like that is gonna cost us. You need to win in the playoffs. You need to win. You can't, yeah. especially against La Mia, that's the team to go for. And it's like if six you're just keep doing the same thing, you're gonna get screwed. And you need the exact, you need the six points against La Mia.
1: Everyone, everyone else is gonna do it. And you can't just assume, okay, let me just say this. Last year, everyone else picked off points off of all those six points in the playoffs, fine. This year, it might not be the same, but you can't just assume that someone's not gonna you know, pick up points against La, La, La Mia. You, right. you gotta do your job, I say this all the time. You gotta do your job, and your job is to get six points off of La Mia. Fuck what everyone else does. If they get six points, four points, three points, one point, zero points, it doesn't matter. You have to get six points off of La Mia if you wanna have a chance at this title. And if you're not, just like last season, you're putting yourself in a pretty difficult position because that's probably going to lead you to have to flip a game against one of the other teams. For example, just like last year, if you drop points at home versus Volos, fine, but you're going to have to beat Ike twice then, and you're not banking on that. Not because you're not good enough, just because it's Darby's, It's, you know, anything can happen. So you do your job against La Mia, and then you worry about the other games, I guess. But it's exactly. unacceptable, unacceptable in the playoffs too. Drop points against La Mia, whether they have 10 players, 11 players, home, away. Again, we've said it so many times. Six points against La Mia. Fix what went wrong on Sunday. I'm happy to forget about it now, but it cannot
0: happen in the playoffs. Exactly, exactly. And kind of – just to kind of like segue our performance from Sunday a little bit – or sa- it was Saturday, actually. Saturday, yeah, sorry. I keep saying Sunday. Against Saturday. La Mia. Me too. I keep thinking Sunday. We, we kind of saw that in today's game against Pau, where – Ultimately got the procreation. So we went, we went ahead, we 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 progressed. Um, but we lost the game 2-1, right? And the expectation, I don't know for you, Alex, but my expectation going in was after that first game in Tumba, you know, we got the job. For me, that was that was the, the hard part was going there and getting a win. That was the first win that we ever got in the cup, I think, in Tumba. So we, we did the, That's what they the said, hard. Yeah. We yep. did the difficult thing. Yep. So my thought was, okay, we're going to go. We're going to be home. We're going to start off. Maybe we'll win by one or two goals. That was my that was my expectation. That was my thought that, you know, momentum's on our side. Yeah, we had the La Mia hiccup. But I had thought, you know what, maybe we're just taking them a little bit easy. And we saw the game as soon as it started where Panathinaikos is basically sitting back and we're just inviting Pau. We're inviting Pau. We're inviting Pau. And we're all, we're all talking in the chat about it and um, you know I I would I think me and Alki were the only ones that were at first like not not as concerned but everybody else is voicing their concerns at first I wasn't concerned I'm like you know what they're they're desperate we're gonna catch them out on the counter then the you know the the first half ends then the second half starts we're still in our own box we're trying to run we lose the ball Foti's running around but he's not getting in the box we're not making penetrating runs and then I started getting worried because Pauk is missing a chance here, missing a chance there, flying over the bar. And I'm like, okay, this is getting a little bit scary. And before you know it, 1-0. And I'm like, oh, it's 1-0. We haven't had a one chance the entire game yet. And Pauk are looking more dangerous. And it just ultimately was kind of reflecting a little bit of what we saw in La Mia. We weren't seeing as many crosses today because, again, the opponent was we played a better opponent. But it was just kind of frustrating because we looked really dead. And, you know, once we started that extra extra period, once we were, it was 2-0, then we started seeing Panathinaik was starting to come alive a little bit. And I said it in the chat. I'm like, this is the way we were supposed to have played the game from the start. Why did it take until the 110th minute to start playing like you wanted? Yep. You know, that's the stuff that kind of concerns me, not to bring it down on the whole situation,
1: but well we have we have to talk to about the it, you, know? you know, we have to talk about the unpretty stuff. It's not just the, the nice stuff. So what I, I like that you brought up about expectations going into the game because you know, that's kind of important. Uh because I had similar expectations to you. Like I I expected a pretty similar game to what we saw in Duba. So what we saw in Dumba I saw we saw basically I think both teams playing their game like just the game that they want to play regardless of what they think the opponent's going to do basically a very open game like cuz we saw both chances from both teams I think we had maybe 15 they had 12 in that game like very open game attacking pretty decent defending for for both sides very just overall just both teams played their game and I expected to see something similar today, even though we are we are 1-0 up. And then it just didn't go like that at all. Like from very early on, like you said, it was obvious that we were sitting back, inviting pressure, playing on the counter. You know, we ended the first half with 66 34 possession, not in our favor, in Fog's favor. Something very uh, you know, unlike us, even under Yova, under Tareem, or a possession-oriented team. Um, so to be that second best in possession was very surprising and not just surprising, but I think telling towards what the game plan was. Um, We didn't look threatening at all in the first half. Like you said, not that we, we, not only we didn't look threatening, we just weren't threatening at all because as I said, we were just inviting the pressure. Pauk was the one that controlled the game, you know, had the chances. Although to be fair, they didn't have any really good chances in the first half, but you know, they were the ones that, you know, play, like we just said, play ball. Like, which I just don't agree with. I, I, maybe, maybe I'm going to get flack about this from, from people, but I don't agree with sitting back for 90 minutes. You know, maybe you want to park the bus at 70, 75, 80, whatever. Sure. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I just don't agree with sitting back for 90 minutes, especially in a game where the opponents are equally matched. Like we're not, we're not talking about a team that we're scared of. Like, Sure, Pauk plays the most attacking football in the country. You know, they've put four or five past, you know, small teams pretty regularly recently. But in the grand scheme of things, the opponents are pretty equally matched. So why are we sitting back for 90 minutes? Right. Plus, plus actually, I think the the fact that Pauk plays the most freestyle attack in the country is more of a reason not to sit back. Like, you're going to take a team that plays the most freestyle attack and let them attack? Like, that just doesn't that logically without doing any like analytics analysis, that doesn't sound sound to me. So I don't know. I I just, I personally don't agree with sitting back for 90 minutes. I could see the goal come. I said this even before the goal. I'm not, I'm not just saying this because, Oh, we went down one nil, two nil and I'm, I'm a genius. I said this from nil nil and the game could have ended nil nil. And we could have advanced on a nil nil one nil aggregate. And I still would have said this. Like, I just do not agree with sitting back for 90 minutes when you're allegedly a big team because we are, and you're playing an equal caliber opponent, and you're home. So none right. of those things to me sit well. Yeah. Which is also why I point, you know, somewhat of a finger to Terim today because I just don't agree with with the outlook of the game. And again, it's not it's not like I hate Tareem again. Like I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm pretty on board with him, but again, we have to just say it how it is, what we see, and call it out because. That's why we're here. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. You no, know, and I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up as well, Alex, because I'm in the same boat as well. I, I want to be consistent because again, back in December, I had said this is the this is the bar that's been set for Tareem. And you know, I'll give him his flowers when he does it well, like I did against you know last week that first leg. That was probably the best I've seen us play under Tareem. Um it was just It was just confusing too, because I brought this up too earlier in the chat where Tareem said, we're going to play attacking. We're not going to, we're not going to defend. Like if we concede five, we're going to score six, like something like that. Right. So it was kind of weird to just see us suddenly sit back. Like that's not our identity, especially this year where we struggle defensively a lot. You wouldn't expect us to rely on our defense to get us out of a game. Right. Because. The whole plan really under Tareem is to attack, 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 press, press, press. And it's like, you know, you had something that worked the first leg against Bob. You know Bob's going to come to your house and try to hit you in the mouth. So why are you going to invite them in? Like, you, to your point, why are you going to let the best freestyle playing football team play their game in your house? Like, no, you need to you need to nip it right in the bud right when you get the chance. So that's, that was just really concerning and disappointing for me um you know today we didn't get through because of Tareem today we got through because of individual brilliance by Drakowski and luck and luck luck. yeah Yeah. and luck that the finally came in you know in clutch because that's the that's the only reason that we went through Uh, again like you said to nothing against Tareem I have nothing personally against him it's Um, just I just call it as he is the coach got it wrong tactically big time today but and let me just say not. this. He's allowed to get
1: it wrong some days. He doesn't right. have to be perfect. Like, this is the thing. Like, it's not an anti ture narrative. It's not anything. I still back him to win the fucking double at the end of the day. Like, me I think too. he can do it. I think we can do it. We have a great shot at the cup, obviously. And we're still very much in in the league. So I think he can do it. I think we can do it. We just have to be up for it. He's allowed to miss some games. Right. But we do have to call it out when he does. And it, you have to fix it. That's what I was saying with Lamia: You just have to fix it. That's it. We can forget about it. We can move on. We just have to fix it. What happened today, I know we're not going to be in a two-legged scenario again for the end of the, until the end of the season. It's just one leg from here on out. But, you know, whatever went wrong today, fix it. You know, don't sit back, whatever. Wh- whatever he sees went wrong, and I hope he sees that stuff went wrong, just fix it. Don't fall into the same trap. Don't lose 2-1 to Pauk at home in the
0: playoffs. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, that, yeah. yeah. Th- that's my concern a little bit too because now that this has happened you just know that it's going to it's going to fuel Pauk even more when we go to play them in the playoffs yeah. for as much as i give Luchescu crap for being a crybaby and a sore loser he is a mastermind as, in psychology as a coach because he has like adopted he's he's made his team adopt this narrative that they have like this inferiority complex within them And that's what kind of fuels the team to play. He's been doing this since his first stint, where he's, you know, this Athenian versus Thessaloniki, and and, you know, and he'll he'll make little comments about his team that. He Look, makes I, it I, very like he makes it like very sides like it feels like a
1: war kind of like yes. if we're going if we're going back to like uh the the city-states in ancient Greece it's like yeah Athenians versus Spartans it's like he makes it very I don't know I, yeah I it's like a like, go to, go to war against Athens like it's 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 funny but it's also I think purposeful like you said
0: it is yeah it's tactical like it's all tactical with him like that's what I've noticed and like as a fan it's annoying because you just kind of see you like dude shut up but then it's like, you know what, if I'm a player and this is my coach and he's coming up with this narrative, it's probably going to spur me up to when I play the Athenian teams, I'm going to have a chip on my shoulder. Like, okay, screw these guys. So, you know, it, so I, I get why he does it. And I hope that Tareem picks up on it. I mean, um, you know, I think Luchescu's dad was even saying that Tareem's never going to beat Luchescu. And I mean, finally, looks like he
1: happened, did. Happened in the second game.
0: Yeah. So it's like. But, sti- but
1: still, he's he's one out of three wins against Luchescu and I think it's worth noting okay the big the win the win was big last week one nil over there but two out of the three games not only we lost but we got outplayed honestly we got outplayed in the 2-1 in the league then we you know we 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 matched them in the one nil played probably pretty uh, a little better I would say I was saying that at the time and I still think so and then again today we got outplayed so two out of three games lost to them and two out of three kind of outplayed so you know, yeah. L- Luchescu's dad's comment is irrelevant now. We, you know, he beat him in the second game, but it's yeah. still something, t- it's still, still something to, to note down because come, come playoffs and come second half of playoffs, Pauk might be your main competitor for the title. You never know. So we don't yeah. know what the playoff schedule is obviously, <laughs> but you, you're kind of looking at a scenario where you probably want to get four points off of Pauk in the, in the playoffs, a draw over there and a win at home. And then you've yeah. kind of done your job of two wins. Of course, is more than, more than, more than good, but four points is kind of where you're looking at. If you want to, if you want to top them.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's one of those concerns too, you know, just bringing up those games against Bob, because I also believe, I think Balk are going to be along with Ike, of course, like our, our main kind of competitors. Um, it's just, I just don't want Terrain to, ream to think that he can just sit back against Balk and invite them in. Like, don't, like, Tareem, I'm, I'm hoping that you saw today what happened. And it's like, you can't invite Balk in. You need to press him back. I mean, that's what we did last week. I mean, it was a 50-50 game. That was one of the best games I've seen in a while. But, I mean, we were playing, like, with confidence. Like, we were playing really good, and we look like a top side. Yeah. And it's like, to suddenly see the opposite today, it goes back to what we are seeing with expectations. My expectations would seem more of the same, I and mean, we saw like one of the worst performances in a derby this year for 120 I'm, minutes.
1: I'm not super worried. I think it boils down to it was a second leg of a two-legged tie, and we had the lead on aggregate. I believe that's why he did what he did, even though, I, uh, like I said many times, I don't agree with sitting back regardless of what the aggregate score is. I don't yeah. think it's gonna happen. I'm not super worried. You know, you you can make an argument like, oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have to go up to Thessaloniki and maybe he's gonna play for a draw. Like, you know, again, we don't play for draws. Like, you know, I want to go to Thessaloniki and win. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but we're not going to Thessaloniki to draw. Right. We're we're a big team, we're fighting for the title. Like you're gonna be happy with a draw, but you don't you never play for the draw. And players will tell you this and good coaches will tell you this. You don't play for the draw, no matter what um so you know I guess I could see an argument for like oh we're gonna go to the Salonique and we're gonna sit back and hope for the draw no I I don't want to see that either so and I'm not worried that th- that's gonna happen because we didn't do that last week when we went up to Salonika we played for the win and we got the win so I don't think we're gonna yeah I'm not worried but yeah. just fix it like I said fix it what happened with Blamia, fix it for the playoffs don't let it happen what happened today fix it don't let it happen in the playoffs and just get it done
0: yeah yeah and Part of me, I mean, we we kind of discussed this too. I mean, part of me also wonders if, um, you know, if switching to Oaxaca during the uh, during the playoffs is going to switch kind of the way that we we play the game and kind of how our opponents come. Because you remember under Yová, I mean, like the game against Villarreal and, uh, and we played against Marseille, like playing in Oaxaca. Marseille was
1: Marseille was at Little photos
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah.
1: But you're right. But you're right about Villarreal. Yeah, it was a, it was at Oaxaca, and we did. You know, that was probably the best game of the season, you know. Yeah. Well, we, at least one of them. We helped BNV we we Real to,
0: yeah. Yeah, we play almost big. Like, like last week in Tumba, I mean, we we in these bigger pitches, we tend to play a lot better when there's space. So, I mean, maybe that boils down to it as well. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just been kind of weird to, you know, jump from point to point a little bit. I mean, from Falk to just kind of thinking about, like, playing at Leo Foros. Like we saw today, it's just weird seeing kind of like a like a drop-off in our performances. Again, there's there's different factors that kind of weigh into it,
1: but it just makes me think a little bit. I said it before the game too. I wasn't I, I honestly I didn't ex- like I said, we talked about expectations. I didn't expect Tareem to go with this, you know, very sitting back uh for uh tactic. But beside that, uh the only thing I was worried about was our recent form against Balk at home, which is quite bad. Uh, I think it was mentioned in the chat at some point. I don't remember exactly what it is to give you the stats, but you know, just off of memory. Okay, two-two earlier this year, we should have won that game because we outshot them like twenty-four to six. You know, they they came away with a result, but whatever. But two-two, and then like we lost like two-one last year. I don't know. I'm I'm talking out of my ass right now, but the 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 form at Leofotos versus Pauk specifically, going back to last season is not good. That was the only thing that worried me. And it kind of played out like that too, partially because of maybe just how things have been recently, but also I think because of what we said about the tactics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It so definitely...
1: again, like you can't, you cannot lose to Pauk at home in the playoff. Like we have, that's something we have to fix. And I'm not right. just saying like, you know, at some point it, it, things change. I'm not saying just because it's happened the last five times, it's going to continue happening, but you just got to make sure it doesn't happen because that could be a season killer.
0: Yeah. It definitely can. It definitely can. We're gonna have to see, man. We're gonna have to see it's just the playoffs always spice up the season, you know, because we just don't know whoever's in first at the end of the regular season. it doesn't even matter because I could just doesn't matter.
1: Out. We were in first last year and we botched it. We were I think two points, two points ahead last season. yeah, um, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't matter. It means nothing, you know, it means nothing. Um, we let's talk a little bit about the penalties. How do you see the penalties since that was. In oh, the place man. Of-
0: yeah, the penalty. <laughs> so I knew Spor. I'm not even just saying this, but like, oh, I knew. I literally was like, Spora was going to miss the penalty. Because he, he's not clutching penalties. He's, he's not. not. He's not. Who missed the penalty against Volus in the playoffs last year in the final minute? Spora, it was him. Dude.
1: It was him. Sometimes he's good when it's like the 25th minute. I'm not saying he's a bad penalty taker. Right. Sometimes he's been good. Most of the time, he's actually been pretty bad if you go back and see like probably his last 10 penalties. But yeah. he's just not clutch in the penalty, unfortunately.
0: No, he's not. That that's where I wish we had Foti. I mean, Foti he was just coming back from injury today, so it was kind of like quiet. I wish we had him just in for penalties, because at least Foti near gonna he's gonna score him for the most part. But I, I knew he was gonna miss. I knew Sporar was gonna miss. But I mean I, I was losing hope when, when Drakowski was he kept guessing the wrong way in those initial penalties. And I'm like, oh, it's over. I'm like, oh, I was like, our luck is gonna run out. He I said it me. out
1: loud. I, I literally said it out loud. Like, how 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 many times can you get lucky? Like, it runs yeah. out at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I said in the chat. I'm like, oh, I'm like, our luck is over because Lim Limnos skied it, and I, and I just sit back down and I'm like, oh no, I'm like, this is it. I'm like, this, oh, this is is. That
1: wasn't even close. That was that was that was worse than who skied it for Oliviaco? Was it uh Kamara? That was worse than Kamara's. Honestly, that was yeah. not even close. That was he pfft, skied oh it. I'm like,
0: no. I'm like, you could tell he was in his head. You know, against his old team, like crap. But then Drago just came in and just save after save oh after save, God. literally three in a row. And and then Arau, I thought Arau was gonna put it away. And I'm like, why did you blast it like that? Same
1: penalty, same penalty he took against Olbajkos. Do you remember that one?
0: No, I don't actually.
1: He blasted it. He blasted it, middle of the goal, and it hit off the post and and went in. Oh. It was the same penalty. The difference is that this one was, like, an inch higher, so it didn't bounce in. It just bounced right on the line and went out. But it was, like, if you look at them, it was the same exact penalty, which it's a good penalty. I don't think blasting it right down the middle high is a bad penalty. But, like, if you're a guy like Arau, who's, like, obviously, like, a big guy and, you know, has got some some muscle in his foot, you always leave the possibility open to either blast it over or blast it into the post so oh i right. i didn't i didn't blame him for the penalty that he took cuz that's clearly
0: like his his comfort zone but oh my god dude that was yeah that was dra- today i mean okay limnos scoring that buzzer beater i mean he scored and you know, that was the end of the game literally uh that was huge ballistic drag-
1: ballistic, ballistic oh dude
0: I went crazy because like like I was saying in the chat, like the last couple of years I've kind of mellow, mellowed out, like you know, it's horrible. I'm like, yeah, okay. Dude, i I jumped in the air. I was basically ready to do a backflip. I was like, literally oh, jumping off the walls. Literally Dude, because Alki called it. Alki, I mean he said it yeah. was a winner, but he still he said it was a like 120th minute, you know. Good enough. You know, Good so. enough. Dude, I couldn't that believe it. Like, no way. No way. No way. Oh, I love that, man. And then we we And what a know, what a
1: finish too. Let's let's give him credit for the finish. Yeah. Like, Good finish, man. Good finish. I did not see that, you know, the ball the ball dropped down. I think maybe Arao controlled it and then like kind yeah, of did. just did pass it on to him. And like I was like, oh no, he's just gonna fucking sky it or he's just gonna do something. But the excellent finish. Like yeah, you really see the like that's the stuff that he was not doing consistently for the ethnic key before he got injured. But like he, he's a class player, and if he could get some form that he had before his major injury, he could be an asset. I don't think he's gonna, yeah. you know, I said this before, I don't think he's gonna be starter material material this year. Because he's clearly just getting like you know minutes here and there, but come next year if he if he gets some some physical strength and all that, he could definitely be a be an asset.
0: Yeah, I mean that fin the way he just curved it past Kotarski. I mean it was just incredible, and I was just like, oh my goodness, man! Like that was a that was such a nice finish, calm, and it, oh my gosh, dude, it was just incredible. And then and just Alki said it too, Dragos' performance. Drago's performance he's been here for a month man and just what he did today he's already getting legendary status at this rate amongst the fans. if you see how the fans are acting it's insane it's like can My, you myself him? included myself yeah included, I'm like I'm going in like he's getting all
1: the memes uh, the edits are amazing like yeah it's, it's so good and to be honest we got to give him credit like a lot of us were critical about him in the beginning critical or just unsure like you know there was a lot of skepticism and just vagueness yeah, about like keeper instead of would be relegation zone. I think he got dropped there too. So we didn't really know what to expect. And you know, to be fair, like we could talk about Brignoli all we want, but Brignoli was good for the most part in his in his palo career. So it was always going to be hard to either match a keeper to his level or yeah. get a better one. But we got a better one. So
0: he was the Super League <laughs> MVP last season. Bro. Yeah. So yeah. it's like Drago had like huge shoes to fill in basically coming yeah. in exactly. the way he did. And it's hats off to the guy, man. Like, he came into a team that's trying to win the title. Their goalkeeper just basically, you know, left them, uh, who was the MVP for them, and gets thrown into the starting 11 right after Lodigan has his heroic performance against Olympiacos, the rival. And he just came in like a boss, and he just took care of it. And today, I mean, three penalties in a row in such a beautiful game. Like, like, that's legendary stuff right there, man. And, And I... I, I think it was Alki. Somebody mentioned it where they think like he's probably not going to stay for long. I don't think he's going to stay too long either. This guy, is, uh, he's 25. He's 26, I think. 26. He's He's—he's a really good player, man. Like I think he'll stick around for another year or so. But this guy is a good yeah. player, man. Like he, I, I, I don't know. This is, this is an interesting discussion because he's
1: on loan, right? Oh, is he on loan? I thought we bought him. No, I think he's on lo- Let me see. Let me see on transfer market.
0: Oh shoot! I find uh,
1: we him. I th- no, we have him on loan. I think.
0: Yeah. Oh crap! Well, that's disappointing. I thought he was ours. But there's there's some there's some debate.
1: Not debate. I just don't remember to be honest. But I don't remember if he has a buy or not a buy option the
0: stipulation.
1: Um, he is option to buy. Okay, so he oh. is on loan. He is on loan until the summer and it says on transfer market that he has an option to buy. And I think I do remember this cause I do believe someone in the chat said it might be around like three or 4 million. Oh, okay. Which, honestly, call me crazy. I'm paying it right now. Fuck it. I,
0: I, me too. Use Fuck the it. money. Cause we're going to sell 40. Use that money from 40. Some that money from Europe and buy it by him. He's a good.
1: He's a good age. He's literally proved himself already just in the one month that he's been here, and the fans love him. It's it's a lot of money for a keeper. I'm not saying it's not three four million. You know, we paid three and a half million for Sporar, who's a striker, and regardless of how he's panned out with us, that just tells you about like you know where our distribution of funds is going. So to pay basically the same amount of money for a keeper that you did play that you paid for Sporar a couple years ago is obviously kind of lucrative, but. It, it's 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 gonna be really hard to say no because of what he's doing and how much the fans are loving him right now because he's become a fan favorite like you said immediately.
0: Yeah, this guy's gonna be a fan freaking favorite already. He is. I'm like, dude, I wanted he's... to buy his jersey today. I'm like, and normally I don't even like, I don't even buy goalkeeper jerseys. I'm like, man, I want to buy a Pals. <laughs> With a sixty nine and everything, like, I'm not gonna like that's the one that just pulled me off. I don't want to walk around with a sixty nine on my. Like, oh right. really? I feel like that's a plus, though. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? I'm like, I'm like, I do not know. If walking around the store and i have got like sixty nine back here, yeah, like, it's for know. it's for the gag. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you know? What's the story behind that? Why did he pick that?
1: I don't know. I think he, I think he had sixty nine with Spezia, too. Uh, okay, that's talking, like his number. I might be, I might be talking out of my ass. I mean, sorry, no, sorry, I think I'm it
0: of, I think you're right because I think when he got when we signed him. The club did a uh, like an interview with him, and they asked him why that's his favorite jersey number or something like that. But I Yeah, so I have a, I have a picture. If you just Google him, in
1: his Fiorentina days, he was wearing 69, and can I find a in his, oh no, this is not Spezia, in his Spezia days, oh, it's cut off there. I'm sure if he was wearing 69 at Fiorentina, oh yeah, here, Spezia. Oh no that's Fiorentina again. Anyway, I'm 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 failing but oh yeah 69 Spezia yeah. So Fiorentina and Spezia 69. So it's just his number like you said. So Yeah, that's his number. But, ma- maybe there's some story behind it that we don't know but I mean we should just get him on the pod and ask him bro what's what's up mm-hmm. with 69.
0: But yeah, Drago what's up with 69 man. Like we got we got to know the story behind that. That's 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 interesting. Oh yeah. He
1: but yeah, he's a good asset to have like I said because of his yeah. age, because of his performances. He is a Polish international and he's trying to break into that starting role. Obviously, he has Shezny in front of him and uh right. who who else other than She uh Fabianski also.
0: Fabianski, so, yeah.
1: they have they have three good keepers, so he's trying to, he's trying to gain some 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 spots in the pecking order there. But he's just a good asset to have, and you know, I would I would definitely try to keep him around, even if it's a kind of hefty price tag. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's yeah, three four million. I mean, and then maybe if we can even if we can even negotiate something as well, that would be good. And um, maybe
1: he wants to stay with us, like you know, he clearly is lo- soaking it up all in. Like he's loving. Lovely. You know, that that that's something that we got going for us, I guess. Uh, if yeah. if we're to try to keep him around.
0: Yeah, I hope we do. To see this whole time, I thought we signed him on a free for some reason.
1: And No, I like, because oh. it's so hard to find keepers in 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 the winter transfer window. So usually, like yeah. I think Gallici keeps saying this, like it was a godsend that we found someone this good. But usually, it's going to be for a loan uh, for playing time and stuff like that. Rarely is it going to be a buy in, in winter. Bye. But we lucked out with him, and that's that's why I'd, I don't want to take it for granted right now, and I don't really want to take it for granted going forward after the summer. That's why I'm, right. I'm kind of leaning, you know, drop the cash.
0: Yeah, drop the cash for sure. Um, awesome. So any any last things about the, the FC that you wanted to cover?
1: Nothing about the game, but there's
0: been uh, news
1: about the cup final. This The news came out before today, but now we know it's directly relevant to us because we are in the cup final. Um, it's about the venue. Nothing has been confirmed, but it most likely looks like it's going to be uh, in Volos, Pantzalco Stadium, uh, the home of obviously Volos, where the cup final was also last year. Um it nothing's confirmed, but Epo said that basically this is most likely where, where we're headed to. There will not be any fans, allegedly, is what they're saying. Again, none of this is confirmed. This is just most likely what, what it's what it's going to. Volos, no fans, only about I think they said a hundred students. Um, which is quite a disappointment, not for the students, but for us. And I would say this even if we weren't in the cup final, because it's really a shame to see, you know, kind of the showcase event in your country, uh, kind of ha- you know be marred by closed doors. It's it was it was behind closed doors last year between Ayak and Pauk. You know, most likely we're gonna be playing Addis, barring a barring a surprise. It's gonna be behind closed doors, and my takeaway is that I'm really disappointed, not just because there won't be our fans there, but I think it's just a, an L for Greek football. And just the 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 management and the leadership from Epo is really poor. This decision to me says that they are just avoiding the problem. Right. Uh, obviously, we've had problems with fan violence in the past from all teams. I'm not going to point fingers at any team. So right. I know there is a risk to have fans in the cup final, but if you just keep not having fans in the cup final, you're not addressing the issue. You didn't have them last year. You're not going to have them this year. What next year, you're also not going to have them. So you're just going to keep not addressing the issue. How is, how are you going to get better as a country, as fans, as uh, just an establishment to be a serious establishment, um, serious organization? It's just not, if you don't address the problem, you're not going to fix the problem. And this is obviously just, going around the problem, which is just very disappointing. I'm not surprised because we know Greece and we know how it's run, both the league and the country, but not surprised, but very disappointed. I was hoping that it would go differently. Um, And also, let me just say this. I've been ranting on about it, but if we're being honest, Panathinaikos and Aris is probably the best situation you could have to try out fans. And again, I know it's a risk but if you take the top 5 teams and consider who are the least hostile between each other it's probably these two teams obviously Balk and, and uh and addis hate each other cross town rivalry uh, we we and ollebekos don't get well with each other same thing with aic addis you know kind of is basically any team versus addis is a pretty good chance to try to get the fan thing right right so to see it be us against Aris, which like like I said, I think is probably the least heated rivalry out of the top five. I was really hoping that they would try it out for this, maybe in a smaller stadium than Pantasalico, because Pantasalico has like what thirty thousand. Yeah. But so listen, if I had to do it, which I'm not doing it, but maybe I would pick a stadium that has like ten thousand, maybe somewhere in Crete or. You know, even if it's like Agrini or something, which has, like, 5,000, like, whatever. It doesn't have to be a big stadium. Ease into it. Ease into it. I'm not saying throw 60,000 in Oaxaca and have them kill each other. I'm not saying that. Obviously, that's the wrong move. Right. But ease into it, especially with a matchup that's kind of low stakes compared to what you could have. Right. So I'm just just really disappointed. I know I, I went on a rant. Um, I, I was really hoping it to be differently, not just because we're in it, just because of the circumstances. And I want to see it get better in this country. Like, I want everyone to have fans. I want everyone to be represented. I want our fans to be there. I want the opposition uh, fans to be there. It's just good for the game.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if you remember, I think it was maybe, what, two years ago where they uh, – or maybe it was last year how they hinted that they had wanted to try it out in New York, uh, in the U.S., where the all the Greeks are over there. New
1: York, Germany they were looking at, um, England, and Cyprus. Those were, like, the four shortlisted countries to host it abroad.
0: Yeah, and it's like, if you're going to do it in Volos without fans, go abroad then. I mean, go to New York. There like, there there's so many Greeks over there in New York. There's a ton of Panathinaikos fans. I mean, Panathinaikos USA is located in New York and i'd be there i'd be there dude i would fly out i would. we got the cup <laughs> final it's a, it's a weekend i would love to fly out see Panathinaikos was in the final yeah. that would be great so it's like they that that's a whole other can of worms i mean where the greek football needs to fix it it's fan violence i think they need to also start learning to cater towards the, the diaspora greeks because we still support our clubs away from greece it's just okay. there's there's a lot of it, there's difficult avenues to do so, pretty much. And if you're if you're just gonna have a hundred students there in an empty stadium that's thirty thousand seats, what kind of final is that? There's no atmosphere. It's gonna no feel atmosphere. like it's a preseason friendly. So it's like take it abroad then, because in the U.S. we don't have the problems that they have in Greece with these school weekends. No, no.
1: And it like, like th- there's other problem. There's other problems that you know it, that's not easy either because uh, I don't know the logistics of it, but basically someone has to you know they have to pay for it. You know, someone right. has to buy the final, from what I understand. And uh, if anybody watches Ellis Footy, they 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 talk about it much better than I would. But, you know, if you're going to do it abroad, that has to be decided well in advance. You know, right. that, that has to be decided from, like, when the season starts, not in March, basically. Right. So... You know that's something that they would have to agree upon in August, and they say okay, August, and then in nine months we're going to play the Cup final in New York. New York has bought it, whoever whatever New York means. I don't, I don't know who would buy it from New York, but New York has bought it. That's where the Cup final is going to be, regardless of opponents. But the problem is, they don't want to have the Cup final in New York if it's going to be Panathinaikos vs. Right. That's the problem. That's why we've we've talked so much here, and LS Footy has also talked about it that they were always waiting to see who was going to be in the cup final to decide where they were going to do it. And if there were going to be fans. Right. And when did it happen? It happened after the first leg and after the first leg, Adis was basically a foot in the final. And we were also a foot in the final. Obviously things were very, you know, sticky today, but (laughs) basically they, they knew that 75% chance it's going to be Panathinaikos and Adis in the final. And that after that, after they knew that, then they made a decision on venue and fans. So my point is that it's very difficult for them to make a decision about a broadness because they clearly are waiting for the teams always. Right. If they had Panathinaikos and Aris in New York, it wouldn't be great because it would be one sided fandom. And what they would do it like. I don't know where where they would where the where would they even do it like uh I don't know Red Bull Stadium is the only obvious obvious right. choice there's not many soccer stadiums in, in 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 the area you know NYCFC plays at Yankee Stadium God no don't do it there uh you know sometimes they play at City Field also same thing baseball stadium don't do it there so the only go to soccer stadium that I could think of unless I'm being stupid is Red Bulls which holds about somewhere between fifteen and twenty thousand I think right. So would they fill that up? I don't know. And if they don't fill it up, that looks bad. And they definitely won't fill it up if the fandom is only from Panathinaikos and there's not a lot of body fans. So right. It's a, it would be a risk for them basically to pre-decide it in August. And that's why they don't do it. And or they just don't have a buyer.
0: Right. Yeah. There's, there's a whole logistics side to it. And it's, it's, you know, Greeks and logistics, it doesn't really mix well with uh, you know how they do things, but um, I think that's pretty much it for the FC. Um, oh, one more thing. Sorry. Sure. No. Unre- I mean. Unrelated
1: to the game today. Also, uh, for those who are curious, what's going on? Uh, Maccabi Haifa. Um, are you know kind of enemy. Uh, progressed today. Uh, in the Conference League, basically where we would have been if we were, you know, if we were not a failure against them when we when we met them back in December. Uh, they beat Ghent on aggregate 2-1. Um, so they are moving on to the round of 16 in Conference League, if anyone's, you know, curious about what our old foe is doing. Uh, so, yeah, that's that.
0: Yeah, our, our old green foe, they went from brothers to foe to, you know. I, I yeah, hope, on, we, I hope on, we get
1: this honestly good for them you know their their country's going through a very hard time so you know they 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 made it bitter for us of course but good for them because right. of their circumstances and you know we we also were in contact with guys from their fan base so you know congratulations to them and you know apart from the bitterness that they brought us uh, you know I hope they do well
0: right yeah awesome well um just briefly gonna touch on the on the basketball um just because we you know we're on this we were on this brief hiatus for uh, a little bit, but uh, we had that uh, three-cup final on the weekend uh, where we played uh, our rivals Olympiacos, uh In that final, we ended up losing that game. I believe it was uh, it was like a sixty-five to fifty-three or something like that. Um, well, yeah. Not not a particularly good showing. Um, if you ask me, it's disappointing. Um, there's been illusion and I mean Adam and himself has said it that Greek Cup isn't really his priority Europe and league are. As a fan, I'm not really happy about it, especially when you play Olympiacos in the final and you lose to them. Never, never a good thing. A um, little bit disappointed uh, where you know this kind of this past month or so, a few weeks has been weird for the basketball team where Lucas has been out and coming back in and trying to rehab injury. And we haven't been playing the way that we really should be playing or the way that we were playing in December and January. Team is playing way too dependent on um, Kendrick Nunn, and I don't really like it. We're playing like a, like an NBA-style team where it's like hero ball status um, to try to get us out of situations. We don't really move the ball too much. Um, Olympiacos ended up, you know, taking advantage and beating us in that game. Um again, not, not very happy. You know, you want to, for me personally, I, I had said it, I think Alex, you had said it in as well. The goal this year was after missing out, we wanted to win the league double again. Um, you know, we missed out last year. You want to win the Greek cup and you want to win the Greek league. And then you, of course you want to make a showing in Europe. So Europe is not a guarantee. I know Adam is targeting it. I can't see us winning the European title this year with this team, the way that it is right now with injuries, we're one injury away from disaster pretty much. So my hope is to to make a run in Europe, you know, just try to try to make a playoff run. And then my hope was that we were going to win the league and the cup. The cup is now gone. Pretty disappointed about that. Um, we're on the international break now for basketball. So it's going to kind of give everybody some time to maybe recoup. Uh, and we'll kind of see what happens when we return from there. But um, Alex, how are you kind of seeing what are your, what are your thoughts on, on this elimination in that final?
1: I so I think it's interesting because on the one hand, like, yes, the cup is out of the three objectives, the least important. Like if you have Euro league, if you have league and if you have cup, yes, the cup is the least important at the same time. There's a trophy on the line, especially when you get to the final, like if you don't want to take it seriously from like, you know, I, I guess it's a, it's like a final four round anyway, not a final four. Round. It's like a tournament bracket, the way it works. So I, I'm going to even scratch what I want to say. Like there's a trophy on the line and you know basically it's going to come down to probably Olympiacos the way the Greek league is. So I don't really agree with the sentiment that we don't take it seriously. Um and I don't even know if Ataman was specifically not taking it seriously in the final. I am not I'm not saying he was or was not. But if there was a sentiment of not taking it seriously, I just don't agree with it because there's a trophy on the line at the end of the day. So right that's that's what counts. And I would say the same thing about football. Like, yes, out of league and cup, which one's more important? Like, yes, the league is more important. We haven't won it in fourteen years. We won the cup two years ago. Yes, the league is more important. But at the end of the day, there's a cup on the line. There's a trophy on the line. Like, and you get judged on trophies at the end of the season. Um, right. So same thing for basketball. i don't I don't agree with the sentiment if there was that sentiment. Um, performance wise, it was, bad performance like a lot of turnovers which has been kind of a problem even in your league games that we've lost recently um sloppy play uh very low scoring uh, I guess Olympiacos really brought the defense to us because like you said 53 points we had like you know something 20-ish points at half that's concerningly low and you know uh we were playing all our main guys too. like the starting five was the main starting five. So it's not like we were throwing the game. Like, were they giving it a hundred? I don't know. I can't, I can't say one way or another, but it was the starting guys in. So on face value, we we were taking it seriously. Um, But in practice, I guess, yeah, we got outplayed Uh, to lose by that much in the final, uh, even against Olympiacos is not a good sign. And to have such a low score is also not a good sign. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know what I. I don't know what to make of it, other than just disappointing. And I. I just hope the sentiment wasn't. You know, the cup is the least important objective.
0: Yeah. Because at the, at,
1: the the, at the end of the day, like, why are you taking it less seriously? Like, you don't have another game for. You know, it's not like you have a game in two days that you need to like right. rest guys. The next game is on the twenty ninth. Yeah. Know? Like yeah. it's not. There's nothing in close proximity. I know some of the guys are are gonna go for international and stuff like that, but I don't I just don't get like what are you gaining from not taking it seriously? You're not resting anyone.
0: Nothing to be gained. You and, and you know what? Something that I don't like that I've been seeing too. I saw this uh, I saw this post on Instagram and you know the guy's talking about, you know, this is a new team, you know, it's a completely new identity, blah, 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 blah. Look, I get it. When you look at it on the grand scheme of things for let's say Euroleague. That's kind of that's been my opinion personally as well. Where I'm like, you know, this is a new team. Like, don't expect to win the championship this year. But in this particular instance, we've played Olympiacos now I think four times this season. We beat them the last time. We again we took our foot off the gas. They almost came back and beat us. Um, we we beat them and we we've gotten a feel for them. And we're playing them in the Greek Cup final. You need to take it serious. And to your point, we didn't have any games after that. You have to take it serious. You have to beat Olympiacos in this game. Yeah. It, you know, it's the game before the international break. You beat them and that's, you know, you, you get bragging rights against your, your rival. And it's also going to kind of help you to get out of this weird slump that we're in too, because yeah. we did, we did get that big win against Fenner, um, but we're back to our old tricks again. I mean, what, what was this? The performance was just ridiculous. Um, so that, that's that been frustrating. Um I, I think in the summer, you know, to kind of like continue with this basketball talk, we definitely are going to fill out the team some more. Like I, I was mentioning, it, I think um, I think it was before the Fender games our, on our last time on the pod, where the team they're not we're not going to win a, We're not going to win a EuroLeague until we add, a, I think, another player or two. And something that's been kind of raising recently, especially today, was like with Mario Hisonia again. He uh, he rejected two contract uh, offers from Real Madrid to renew. And the, the rumors are burning up again that he's linked with a return to Panathinaikos. Personally, I know, I know Kutz and, and Alki aren't the hugest fans of, of Hezonia. My thing is, if he's going to be your main star, I get it. But the thing is, he's going to be coming in, he's going to be supplementing the team, and he's going to be helping out. And my argument is, as well, there's a reason why Real Madrid wants to keep Hezonia. If you're bad... Real Madrid is not going to desperately try to... keep I mean, if you reject once and they didn't offer back... Okay, I mean, they twice now, they've tried to reach out to him. He's rejected it twice. So he's a pretty important player. So Great if we point. can add Zonia, that will be huge. Another rumor that I saw this week, um, I think it was on Monday, was uh, Vasili Michic. He was the player for Anadolu Efes. Uh, um, now, we kind of talked about this in the chat as well. He's playing for the Charlotte Hornets in the NBA. Now, Anadolu Efes has his rights to return, right. but um, I, I read somewhere that, I don't know, I think Panathinaikos can somehow make an offer. Like, Anadolu can match the offer that we can make, I think. So if Panathinaikos offers him a, a, a contract, you know, that's really lucrative, it's, it's going to come down to number one if, obviously, he wants to accept it. And then number two, mm-hmm. if Anadolu is going to match what we're going to offer. From what it seems like Panathinaikos has been kind of running on a blank check lately. So if we if we if if Kendrick Nunn leaves, this is just my conspiracy. If Kendrick Nunn leaves, I think Mitchich is going to be the main target for the team. And I'm not going to lie, I think Mitchich would be the better fit. Because he's already familiar with Adamin. And he's not that much of a hero ball guy. And he's familiar with League already. So Hezonia would be great. And then obviously, if Mitchich is a true rumor, I would absolutely love that. Because that would help the roster much more.
1: What do you make of the Nun rumors? Because he's been linked to Monaco, and uh, we said that Monaco has given him a blank check, perhaps.
0: Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, I think I think that's just paper talk with the blank check thing because Mike James is basically like Alki alluded to. Mike James has basically been on the on the outer since last summer. Um, they they're having trouble even keeping him. He wants to get a big contract. So them offering Kendrick Nunn a lot of money, I mean, or a blank check per se, I'm not too worried about that. Cause I'm not gonna lie, I think, I think in Europe we're probably DPG is probably gonna offer the most money. Like he he's you know, he he's been on this kind of I mean, we give Slukas 10 million. I mean, so I can see him upping what None wants. Now, the thing is, None might want to go back to the NBA. He said that he's he's willing to stay up on if connect close but the money has to be right. The problem is the NBA. I mean, you get a veteran minimum. It's like five, five, six, seven million dollars, and so it's like on that front, is is DPG gonna play five, six, seven? I get why he did it for Sluka, but it's like for none. I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, I don't I don't know
1: how to read it either because he's clearly happy here. Yeah, but he also wants to get paid. But he's also not gonna play in the NBA. He's gonna be a role player, right? So I don't know because I mean there's a plus and a minus to every every you know every angle if you're if you're him but I I don't know I I guess it's kind of a similar thing to what I said about Drogowski earlier like I hope the fact that they're both enjoying life and we have a positive trajectory and they have a really good role in the team I hope that would maybe uh, entice both of them to stay for you know DCFC
0: yeah exactly because the thing is with that too like. In, in in Panathinaikos in Greece, he's a star. It's it basically you know when Slukas is out, basically everybody's talking about Nunn. Like yeah. everybody talks about none. He's the face of the team basically. Like we have great we have Lasor and all these other players. But yeah. if we're being honest, people are coming to see Kendrick Nunn. So it's like you know he might be able to get more money in in the NBA. But let's say if we can maybe you know we can offer him a decent amount of money, he's gonna be one of the stars of the team. He's going to be playing on a team competing for the EuroLeague title. There's a lot of incentive because you know let's say he goes back to the NBA, let's say he's he sends for Charlotte. Charlotte, one of the worst teams. I mean, yeah, you're going to get 5-6 million whatever, but you're going to be playing like 10 minutes.
1: It's like a Vizenkov kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're just going to be you're going to be going you're just going to be going to be playing like playground minutes. Like Yeah. Versus, let's say, let's say we offer him four, or five million. Okay, let's say we offer him two million less. I mean, I'm not trying to count another guy's money, but I mean, if he's making two million less, for example, let's say but he has a chance to win titles, he has a chance to to be the star of the team. There's incentives if you win the Euroleague, like you know, there there's things to weigh, and it's kind of like what does he want? Each individual has their own. Maybe he's trying to collect cash because he's yeah. he's 28, 29. So you know, maybe he's trying to collect as much cash as he can. I can't blame the guy. But just yeah. from a playing standpoint, it's just like Kendrick is Kendrick. Like you're 20, you're, you're in your prime now. And the level that you're at now is a star in the Euroleague and a role player in the NBA. So it all is just going to come down to what he wants as an individual. I, I hope he stays, but if he does leave, I think if we get a guy like Michic, I mean, I'd be super, super happy. I'm a huge fan of Who He grew up a ball fan too. So that's a, that's, that's a plus, but. Yeah, that's kind of where I see it, and kind of where the basketball team is at. We're kind of in this weird period right now, where you know we're in the international break, so we're not going to really have Panathinaikos basketball, I think, for like another week or so. Um, yeah, we we come back on the twenty ninth, and it's against guess who? Olympiacos.
1: No, Madrid.
0: Oh, Madrid! That's right. That's
1: yeah. right. Yeah. So. Yeah. T- tough game right out of the break. It's over there too. So you know, I don't yeah. I don't like to chalk anything up to a loss, but. That's gonna be that's the hardest game of the season, really. Madrid away is it doesn't get much more oh, difficult than that. But you know, uh, FS took them to quadruple overtime, so you never know.
0: That was insane, yeah. And then yeah. before this break, Real Madrid were on a bit of a slump, too. Our luck, I mean, they're probably gonna some pick up form right when they're back with us. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, anything's for the taking. That's basketball, but if, if that's looking like it's gonna be hard, we need to finish off the season. I think we have like what nine games or eight games. We've got to go at least, I think, four and four at least. In the so, Euro League. Now now we have I think
1: seven, I think. Oh, is it
0: seven? Okay. I
1: think it's seven. I think we put the poll out when there were eight games left and we played one game since then. So I think it should be seven, but
0: Yeah. We got the Fender win, which is huge. The rest are yes. gonna be away games where we kind of struggle. We're gonna have to win at least half those away games.
1: We I think we said we have to go at least four and four, and we went one and one and oh so far, so you know good start good good start but you know it's it's going to be difficult because the schedule is not easy we have real madrid we have barca um yeah. we have uh, bologna which is a big one bologna away which
0: yeah,
1: that's that's an important one because of seating purposes yep. um but yeah it's 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 not going to be easy
0: yeah definitely not going to be easy um you know we'll we'll watch this space you guys you know we cover the basketball team um you know Alex and I, Alex Alki and I, along with Sturge and all the other guys, we, we tried our best to to watch the the basketball games to kind of keep us in the loop a little bit. It's a lot easier for us here in the U.S. now because they have it on ESPN. That's um, big, yeah. That's such a so nice it's, thing. So absolutely huge. Um, so we've we've been watching that. Um, you know, we'll be. And so it's fun. It's
1: fun to watch the basketball team right now. Like yeah. it's, you know, it's 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 just a pleasure to watch them. So you know, if it, even if. You know, I'm going to plug the basketball team, which is kind of weird. But even if you're not super into basketball, like it is Panathinaikos and they're playing very well and they're they're a serious contender for, you know, Final Four. So right. even if it's not if even if it's not your cup of tea, you give it a shot because it's it's just fun to watch them right now.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. There's a lot of buzz around the team, coaches, players, all the names linked, you know, and the season still, you know, we haven't even had playoffs yet. So it, it's only going to get better from here. Um, definitely, you know, if you, if you aren't, if you are up on a tonight plus fan, but you're not big in basketball, there's a rich history there in the basketball team. This is a great time, especially if you live here in the U S and you have ESPN plus get on that, get on that. It, it's really, really fun, entertaining basketball. I personally have been watching more Euroleague than I've been watching NBA this year, just cause it's fun basketball to watch. Um, but I mean, I'd say that's pretty much all we've got for this episode. Did you want to, I, in- I will I
1: will say. I'll I'll plug the the female basketball team because they did exactly what the male basketball team did not do. They won the Greek Cup, so yeah, they're back to back champions. Good for them. Uh, congrats to them. Uh, so that's it. I wanted to ask you one more thing, uh, Adoni, actually about. I'm gonna jump back to the FC real quick. Um, about the rumors of Tareem leaving. Oh my God. We didn't, right. we didn't touch about that. And it's just rumors. So I don't want to put too much emphasis on it, but it, it is swirling around. And this was before today's game, just to be clear. Right. um, But yeah, what do you make of that? And do you have any opinions on that?
0: I think it's 100% bogus. I think this is just, because guess where it comes from? Noc.gr. Like, you know what I mean? Like perfectly, just like before the game against them, they're, they these threw out some stupid hit piece about Brignoli being linked. It's Vlachias. Like they're they're just they're just making it up, I think, to try to cause some type of spur within the team. The the vi- I obviously don't know Tareen personally, but the vibe that he gives me is he's a proud guy that when he sets out a goal, he's gonna try his best to reach the goal he's not gonna quit. So him just leaving in June, that just doesn't make sense. To go to I think some Arabian team or something they were linked to, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. And why sign guys like Maximovich who are going to come in the summer, try so hard for that, only to just leave, and to to continuously talk about Panathinaikos needing to win titles and titles and titles again. Why why say all that just to leave in June and then you look bad? Imagine he leaves with his hands in his pockets. We don't win anything. Tareem doesn't seem like he's the type of guy to to. BS himself like that. Yeah, I mean, the only way I see him leaving is if we fire.
1: Really. Yeah, uh, well said. I I hundred percent agree. And you like you said, the source you got to look at the source first of all. Don't believe everything you read about in, in Greek media because a lot of it is Buddhist, It's a lot of clickbait. Yeah. It's a lot of lot of Buddhist. Um. So whether it's coming from an ix source or not, just just be careful because there's so much clickbait in Greek media and Greek reporting is yep. not good. It's not good. Um, so just, that's just a rule of thumb in my opinion. But like you said, look at the facts. He signs a bunch of his own guys in the winter. That yeah. to me says he's looking for the future. Alafuzas wouldn't open up the wallet to him if he was going to fire him or if he didn't see a future with him past this season. So you, you have that. Tareem's talking about after May in the press conference after La Mia. Tareem himself is talking about uh, there's basically alluding to there's going to be changes after May. I don't think he's alluding to himself leaving, by the way. I think he's alluding to what changes he will be making after May. So all these all these facts. And like you said, if you just look at the guy talk, especially again, the Kareem doc, it gives you a good insight into what what kind of person he is and what his objectives are and what he's looking to get. Himself out of his coaching experiences and none of these things that we talked about point uh, to anything like him leaving on his own on on his own accord. So I do think it's bored of this. Like you said, Uh, I'm personally of the opinion that I think he's going to stay no matter the outcome of this season, whether we win the double or we win one of the two or we win none. I think he has reason to stay no matter what. Um, That's just my personal opinion. I think he's a very driven person. He he's a he's a winner. He wants to win, and just winning for say the cup, yeah, he could leave and he could leave at the end of June and say I won something with Panathinaikos, I conquered Greece or whatever bullshit he wants to say. But that even that is not enough in in my reading of him as a person. He wants to get more. Even if he wins the double, I think he'll want to prove that he could have success in in Europe too. I'm not saying he's gonna win the Champions League or Europa, but I think he would want to prove that, yes, I could have a good run with this team, even in Europe. I've conquered Greece with Panathinaikos. I could, you know, put Panathinaikos back on the European map too. I think he just has an objective based on however this season plays out. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, we said like, you know, back to that bull of that freaking rumor, NOSI GR, right? They're sick. Like, is. Yes, remember back with Brignoni, they're like, uh, oh Barcelona is, is making up these rumors uh to throw us off, and look what happened. Brignoli has, has been like I don't know it was a week or two ago. Link that he's he's in like serious talks with Iker. So it's like they they were it's just such it's such a can of worms, like you said.
1: They were doing the same. They were doing the same thing, by the way, with not we don't have to talk about Iker too much, but they were doing the same thing. Buddhist this with the player that they signed from Dinamo Zagreb. They signed right. uh, Lubić Ljub- from Dinamo Zagreb. Who, by the way, I follow Croatian pages uh, on 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 Twitter, so I get the other side of the story. The Croatian right. pages were were reporting that Ike and Dinamo were talking since December for this player. Meanwhile, the AIK pages are denying any contacts with the club, obviously because what went down in August. In so- August. It's, it's all Buddhist, uh, but this is not a this is not an Ike podcast.
0: <laughs> this is not an Ike podcast, but we just <laughs> we had to bring that up. Yeah, that was actually a good good point. I could I couldn't believe it. I saw yesterday and I laughed. I'm like, me and you, Alex, we're the we're the two. We're like, no, like, this, this is not this is this no. is We no. I'm not gonna sit here and say I know Tareem, but that documentary gave me a good insight into his yeah. personality, and he does not seem he's an old school winner. He's not gonna. I can't see him leaving without completing his, his project. Without completing The his guy goal. has a huge ego. The guy has a huge yeah. ego.
1: And I, I can't imagine how bad it would feel if he left Panathinaikos without a title and without right. proving himself. He did that with Milan. I think Milan is basically the only place he left. And it was like a failure, even though he was actually doing pretty well. Uh, yeah. He left basically because of a clash of heads, but he left Milan without a title. And just based on the ego that we're, you know, led to believe he has, I can't imagine how bad that felt for him personally. And I'm not comparing, you know, Panathinaikos to Milan, but he, I think he would feel equally as bad if he left Panathinaikos without a title and without proving that, you know, he conquered Greece with Panathinaikos, whatever you want to say.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So that's, that's our, that's our two cents on that. But I think that's all,
0: that's all I have. Um, right. Same here. Same here. Good, good Uh, chat. This was a pretty interesting uh day with that advancement in the, in the Greek cup final. It was uh, nice that
1: we did it right after the game because, you know,
0: I was, we were, we were a little heated and
1: yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're happy with the result, but you know, stuff didn't go a hundred percent well or as planned, but you know, at the end of the day, the result is hugely important and we're in the cup final. So yeah. I guess that's all you could ask for, and we're yeah. we're playing for a trophy.
0: I think May eighteen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're playing for a trophy. We're still in in the league. We're in 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 the final. Um, things are looking you know pretty good right now at the moment for Panathinaikos FC. Uh, hoping things uh continue to get uh better for the basketball side. Um, but this was a great episode, Alex. Uh, glad me and you were, were able to come together a few hours after that cup win and. Uh, You know, chat about Panathinaikos. Next time it's going to be the Australians who are going to um, talk about the weekend game, and um, we will see you guys in about two weeks or so when the Americans host it again. Take care.